to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Are you sure you don't want that drink? What I want to know is why you put me on your trail. What are you after? Let me give you a hint. You see, what keeps me up at night is not the thought that you love her. It's the thought that a part of her still loves you. Well, in that case, let's find her. Let her decide if she's going to marry you. Yeah, I don't think so. Did you just fake cough, Penguin? I would love to see what Alice's virus would do to you. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. Yes, yes, she I was is. Like it's, I'm, it's me, and you're going to yourself. <laughs> and we are here, uh, like I said, to talk about the mid-season finale of what? Gotham. Oh. I mean, we will be back January 16th, of course. Uh, well, 17th. With some interesting stuff, uh, to say the least, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Spoilers, but uh, we we do, as always, we want to shout out our chat room over at live.universebox.com, uh, where they join us every 8.30 p.m., Every 8.30 p.m. Every 8.30 p.m. Every 8.30 p.m. in all of the world. On 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. <laughs> all of our chatters we have. Let's see here. We Tonight have, we have Casa Commotion, Jerome, Caster, Peachy Nancy, Shame 2, and Win. Oh, crap. Jerome's here. From the start. From the start. That can that can only mean one thing. I One of our lives are going to be threatened <laughs> sooner rather than later. Uh, Shame 2, uh, Win. I think you already mentioned yeah, Caster. I, 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 I got them all. The whole gang's here, and we're glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we wanted to mention for before we get into the main episode discussion, though, is if you're listening right now, uh, you right have to now do, you have to do something right now. Right now, we're having a Christmas gift exchange. We are. The deadline is like tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. So we need y'all to go sign up. So we can all exchange gifts and have a fun little Christmas celebration. Yeah, basically so, what we do, do we, we have a bunch of people uh, sign up. Uh, we have, I think, 14 right now Something in like the that, gift yep. exchange. And we all send each other presents, film ourselves opening the presents, or take a picture, or send a voicemail, or a letter, or something. A uh, doodle. To, to, to let us know what we got. You send that over to us. And then we do a big special for our Universe mm-hmm. Box podcast. We pour the eggnog. We eat some cookies. It's a good time. Not quite on Christmas Eve, but close. But if you want to join this, uh, like we said, you know, you have to do it like right, right now, now while you're listening elfster.com uh, slash exchange slash view slash one nine nine seven four one oh eight or just go to elfster and search universe box yeah elfster.com and search for universe box the 2016 universe box gift exchange as yes. went over in the chat room says she did it already i Woo-hoo! We're very excited. She joined us last year for it, too. She's serious, so. I think, for all of them. Yeah, so, so hey, very good times to be had. Hopefully you guys... Oh, and Anne-Marie posted it in the chat room for, for you guys, too. So yes. if, you, if you want to get to it, there, that's where it that's is. That's a good way to do it, too. Okay, so... Uh, well, you know what? Before we get started with our Riddling Rhyming episode summary, we do have a very special surprise. We have a very special surprise. Uh, I, I think uh, you might remember this character from last week. Uh, she was... <laughs> She was crucial to the events of this week as far as Ed and Penguin are concerned. Yes, she was. Uh, Olga, Olga. A- a.k.a. actress Deborah Unger, has a, has ri- called in uh, to answer a few of our questions. So take it away, Deborah slash Olga. Well, hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Deborah Unger. Or, as you may know me better, Olga. Olga. for me, so Penguin. Um, thank you so much for asking me to call in. Um, I did indeed watch the show before, not only before coming on, but before I auditioned for it. So when I got the call for it, I knew the world that I was coming uh, in to audition for, and I couldn't have been happier. I just felt like it was a perfect fit, but you know, we actors always think that. As it <laughs> turned out, it was. I got schooled in a little Russian before I went in, and luckily they chose me to be Mr. Penguin Maid. Um, I had one episode with him where I only spoke Russian, and working with Robin, Lord Taylor, was just a dream. <laughs> I knew him from a, a favorite indie film of mine, and he, as a matter of fact, the entire Gotham family is so welcoming. Working with him was like working with someone I'd been on stage with for years. You asked me, what was my favorite part about working with Aaron? Well, 
aside from the fact that she is a fun-loving gal. She's also a theater-based actor, and so um, I was really pleased that she just wanted to work on the scene a lot before we ever hit the set. Nice. Um, also very giving uh, on set and also using lots of those uh, theater techniques of even though I might have been off camera, she had me interact with her so that she could get her timing right. I really enjoyed that because that's what it's all about, isn't it, the relationships? That's my favorite thing of working with Aaron. And you asked, is there a chance of a return for Olga? Mm. Well, I am certainly happy to go back and do some more. <laughs> Since I'm not a DC character per se, there's no mythology that has to be adhered to, so anything could happen with Olga. And dear Mr. Penguin, he needs friend right now. Duh? I think so. So keep your fingers crossed. And if you want to see Olga come back, maybe you could send those Gotham folks a little email. Absolutely. That would be great. Thanks so much for asking me to call in, Bill and Anne-Marie. Um, best of luck with tomorrow's podcast. I'll be working, but I'll check in on it later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you Yay! very much, uh, Deborah. Or Olga. Olga, Olga. Thank you. That was great. That and, was fantastic. And it's great to hear that there's such a uh, – just because we have t- we have a background in theater and we've yes. talked about this so much in reviewing the show uh, you know, throughout the years, that it's great to hear that there's sort of like a theater aesthetic – uh, on, on, on the set. set of Gotham, I, I mean that's that's pretty awesome. I, I I'm I'm pleased as punch. I, I'd have to say that Thank Olga called in. Punch. I we, I hope that you know <laughs> Olga comes back again. I, I thought she made a uh, really good point too that you know it's not a DC Comics character, so they can do whatever with it. That is like the best part. She's like, I'm not. A, I have no base. They can mm-hmm. do whatever they want. I'm like, I want. She needs to come back. Yeah, and over in chat, it's a lot Everybody's of Olga. Excited. Yay, Olga rocks. Olga, Olga, Olga. Olga. Oh, Honest, God. <laughs> Stabby Babs, who joined us now, so we're a uh, chat room full of crazy, says, honestly, I ship Olga and Book, Butch. Bolga. Bolga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Bolga ship, uh, Stabby Babs. <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, en- enough goofing around, Anne-Marie. Why don't we go ahead and get started talking about this week's episode, not last week's episode, with no. Olga, who we love. Um, and uh, Caster says, please just pie. Not uh, in this, this world. Yeah, it's please just punch, punch in this universe. Um, but okay, so why don't uh, you get us started with the riddling, rhyming episode summary. Why doesn't Mario trust his new bride? A virus exposes his jealous side. How will he make Gotham's hero a villain? He's drawing blanks for Lee to fill in. Is Oswald to blame? His love is the key. Did Ed's blind devotion cause him not to see? Will the owl statue lead Bruce to prosper? Jim should beware the green-eyed monster. Beware the green-eyed monster! Beware the green-eyed monster! Beware! Beware. Beware. anne what'd you think? You enjoyed it then, I, I, I take it. I did. I squeal with delight. You it do. Was, it, was, it was good. It was... You know, me and you were talking about it. It wasn't as action-packed as we were expecting, mm-hmm. but it was still really, really good. Yeah, it definitely felt sort of, sort of uh, paying off some sort of B-plot lines throughout the season. And it's really more setting things up for the second half of the right. season. But it, by the same token, I really loved everything that was sort of paid off, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Over in the chat room, uh, Jerome saying we should try and get Cameron Mongahan to contact us next. Uh, Jerome, I thought that was you. What? Yeah, but hey. Imposter! If you guys want to tweet him, I mean, I know he's kind of on Twitter lockdown when he's shooting Gotham. When he's but shooting anything. anything feel yeah. free. Uh, you know, just tell him, you yes. know, contact those folks, kind folks over at Legends of Gotham, and we'll have him on. We'll have sure. anybody on. Definitely. Okay, but, uh, you know, as far as this week's episode... The first thing I wanted to talk about it was really kind of the A plot line, and that's the distrustful Dr. Mario. I, I think it's interesting that unlike Barnes, Mario uh, lets the madness lead him, whereas Barnes made a conscious decision to embrace uh, embrace the madness and justify it to himself. And Mario's being more led around by it, and I mean he's using his specialized skills uh to enhance it but i mean he he's really letting it do the the leading uh, in his decision making yeah I, I also thought it was interesting how he's also uniquely suited to enact his jealous scheme uh since he's a doctor with inside knowledge of how the tetch virus is being investigated yeah. and he has the specialized knowledge necessary to defeat the testing so, 
Well, he had to break in to find out that knowledge. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you or I broke into the hematology lab and took a, a sample or a sample of the blood and looked at the test and stuff, we wouldn't be able to do anything with it. Maybe. I, I'm, Maybe. I'm just saying that I doubt they had, oh, and you, I, I forget what the chemical's name was. Oh, if and you, you inject this chemical and it will defeat the test. I doubt they had that Well, no, out. that's true. I, I'm sure they... I think Lucius even says something like uh, they were using the X type of test and he in everybody knows that you can use X chemical in your bloodstream okay. to defeat X test okay, or whatever. So uh, he, he was uniquely positioned to do exactly what he did. I, and uh, I, it wouldn't have worked if the Hatter had exposed anybody else to Alice's right. blood. Uh, it's also sort of tragic because Mario was a good guy, or at least as far as we know, he was a good guy when Lee first got involved with them. His plan was evil, but it went off without a hitch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sadly, I don't think there's anything that could have been done by Gordon or Lee to get rid of his jealousy, though. No. No Um, matter what she said there, it was just going to come back. Yeah, I I don't even think that Alice's blood was really a big part of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. It came down to him wanting control of the situation. And in a healthy relationship, you know, you aren't aren't in control of both sides of the relationship. You That's you're not con- healthy. <laughs> yeah, you're in control of your side, but you're not in control of both of them. You have to be willing to risk the other person moving on mm-hmm. and trusting them enough that you can function without that control. You right. know, you can have a functional relationship. Uh, being as he's a Falcone, Mario isn't used to a life where he doesn't have that level of control. Right. On things, even though he's one of the good ones, uh, even w- without the virus, I feel like the relationship would have ended, ended badly. The virus probably just sped the process along yeah. a, a little bit. Uh, but even with Mario out of the picture, I don't see a happy ending for Jim and Lee at this point. No, oh, no, no, yeah. no. Lee's gone. Oh yeah, odds are Jim's last shot uh, confession came far too late to help him win her back, mm-hmm. and at just the right time to completely turn her away from him. Plus, killing Mario with the murder weapon, uh, being lost in the sea. <laughs> You know, that's probably not going to help him very much either. No, no, even, that's definitely not good. Even though he does have a decent justification for doing it, I once she finds out that, you know, yes, he did have the virus. He's the only one, though, that actually knows what was just going to happen. Because to Lee, Jim just showed up and shot her husband. Because mm-hmm. uh, she didn't see the knife, and then the knife falling into the lake, ocean, river, inlet, whatever. Yeah, and I'm sure it it'll gone. be washed out oh, to sea wa- by the time... It was already pretty much washed out to sea by the time, like... We saw it. Yeah. So nobody's going to believe Jim, like, mm-hmm. even when they t- – because he wasn't supposed to – he was supposed to bring him in alive. Yeah. And he's not. <laughs> so that's going to be trouble. Oh, yeah. I definitely feel like Falcone's going to be gunning for Jim oh, yeah. when, when they come mm-hmm. back. Let's see. Over in the chat room, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, I, I know I read something I wanted to see. Uh, Jim just has a problem. Like, Jerome says Jim just has a problem with dark-haired people. Uh, cough, Galavan, cough. <laughs> Did you just accidentally cough? Galavan. He did accidentally uh, cough Galavan. And uh, Stabby Bab says he's the reason I'm a blonde. Uh, Bobby <laughs> says, Dr. Mario, I love that game. And Caster says, I'm actually rewatching the series and it's awesome how things were set up so far back into season one that are coming to fruition now. Uh, for sure, there's a lot of been a lot of callbacks mm-hmm. to season one this year, which has always been fun. Okay, yeah. so Anne-Marie, what did you want to talk about here? Okay, so somehow it really just dawned on me today that all three of the major storylines have been very, very separate for the majority of the season. There's been a little cross here and there, but it's really been like three different stories. Mm -hmm. And at any given time, one of them's the A, the B, the C, and it sort of rotates around. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was really weird that it took me 11 episodes to put that (laughs) together. I'm special. Okay, so we have the Gordon storyline. Jim trying to get his life back together, and then it leads to the touch virus. He loses Lee. He's dealing with the dawn. All Everything is related to the Court of Owls, but he doesn't know anything about the Court of Owls. And why do they want Mario dead now that he has the virus when they're probably the ones who made him get the virus? I have lots of questions. Well, I'd imagine maybe maybe the Court of Owls is going after people who have the virus because it's a factor they can't control. Uh, Maybe because, I mean, obviously, I don't think the Mad Hatter is at all associated with the Court of Owls, you know? um, But but then why did he – I think I have more on this later. But why did he choose to – 
shoot up Mario. I think because he was he was still all about messing with Jim at that point, and he figured, I I, I it, it appeared to me in that scene in Arkham Asylum in this week's episode that uh, the Hatter had a a lot more inside knowledge about jim's life and the life of the people that he cared about then we even got a sense of in that dinner table scene with the who do you want me to shoot you know right the tea party yeah i definitely felt like he had a lot of insider knowledge there and i also feel like maybe the court is just trying to contain that because they can't control it okay okay that's fair okay but then we have bruce in the court so bruce Mm. is trying to figure out the murder of his parents which leads to more all sorts of dealings with the court and making deals, but then finding out that the court is not a good thing, even though he should have figured that out. Mm-hmm. You're not an idiot. Um, but now Alfred and Selena's mom have taken out this talent, and they've all escaped with the giant glass owl. What? The, what? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> how, how did it? Like, I have more on a lot of that. I'm just bringing up, like, this whole thing. It's all by itself, though. Yeah. Like, they've had very little interaction. The only common thread, the court of owls. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing connecting anybody here is Catherine. So, which leads me to the party of villains, basically. So these guys all, all are their own little storyline, with the exception of Catherine approaching the penguin at that dinner party thing, and the penguin being just this shy of getting the virus, which would have been very, very bad for mm-hmm. that to happen. But it's like they're completely separate, and we're used to seeing them all cross over so much more. Yeah. At least, you know, once or twice an episode, somebody's calling, somebody's stopping by, running in. Like, that is – this is weird that it's all so separate. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you say the A plot, the B plot, it's really rotated by episode, I think. Who's the A plot? Who's the B plot? Who's the C plot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. It's weird. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird that it was so separate. Yeah, it, it's uh, – and that's part of the reason I thought that this was all sort of going to coalesce in this week's episode when I was talking about the Agents of Chaos yeah, last yeah, yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was kind of surprising that it didn't. Uh, it was very surprising it didn't. I mean, I, I enjoyed – the uh, episode immensely, but it, it was kind of surprising that it, the storylines didn't come together more. I, I'd assume that's probably what our little three episode jaunt in January is going to be about. Uh, let's see. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, over in the chat room, uh, we have a lot of chatter over here. Let's see. Um, There's a lot going on. Uh, Jordan says uh, when Bruce used that flash bomb on the talent, I geeked out a little Batman moment right there. Uh. Uh, yes, that was awesome. And Peachy Nancy says, but what I was wondering is, uh, is that if Falcone is going to go against Jim, then he might not, he might get back into the game, get into bed with the Court of Owls because he has to, and that will put Jim in line with Bruce. Oh, there you go. I like that. Yeah, and Jerome and Stabby Babs are cosplaying as Harley Quinn and the Joker oh, in the chat yeah. room. There, so. there's, there's, uh-huh. <laughs> it's an adventure. You know what else I, I thought was kind of interesting is that most of the time, in past seasons, when Bruce would run into a spot like this, he would go to Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. And this episode, it doesn't even occur to him. It hasn't occurred he's to sort him of for had, a while. He has sort of his own team now. Mm-hmm. So, Team Bruce. Team Bat. Team, Bru- team Bat Cat. Team Bat Cat. Uh, more on that to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, okay, so another big thing that happened in this episode was the dissolution of Nick Mobblepot. No, uh, no Nick Mobblepossible. Ed and Penguin are officially more than friends, and they're more than friends, but not in a good way. Now they are enemies, although Penguin... They're frenemies. They're frenemies, although Penguin might not know it yet. Uh, Ed even asked Penguin to remember that Penguin was his best friend, so that when Ed finally takes him down, it will hurt even more. He's, he's super cruel. He's vindictive at this yeah. point. He He imagined himself stabbing the penguin and he was like wait a second i can't do it that's way too nice i grabbed his arm so hard when that <laughs> happened i was like it's not- oh my god and then i went and i was like sorry about that mm. sorry that wasn't real that that didn't happen uh jimbo over in the chat room by the way says doesn't it surprise anyone that selena didn't know anything about the court of owls she, she sees so much that goes on i think her mom might have something to do with uh, it but more on that later more on that later okay but back to ed uh you know a, a lot i th- thought was revealed about ed's potential future in this episode mm-hmm. and that's not even counting where he states his motivation for the rest of the season outright uh in, in that last scene at the uh oh the sirens club yes uh 
He mentions he has a network of spies in Gotham, for one. Uh, obviously, he was able to build this network, I'm assuming, thanks to his position in the Cobblepot administration. But will he be able to use it against Pangy Pants himself? Mm-hmm. On the surface, it reminds me a lot of the Homeless Network from the BBC show Sherlock, if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, Sherlock has this network of homeless people that he can use yes, to, to watch the city for him. And, and that's kind of what this one-off mention reminded me of it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see if it, it bears fruit though uh later on this season i because i i mean i'd imagine they'd take at least a little convincing to work against penguin you know some greased palms or something at I'm the very sure. least and i i think it's very obvious that ed and a savvy babs are teaming up to take down the penguin i mean they say as much mm-hmm. but could their business partnership lead to something more no I almost felt no some romantic vibes going on there. No, you know Ed's on the rebound. No. Tabby Babs is giving up ho- on the rebound from both Jim and Tabby because Tabby has Butch now. Mm, wah, wah, wah. I could totally see it going that way. They would make it. No, I don't like it at all. That would be Gotham's premier power couple. No. Maybe, you know, if we couldn't get, uh, you know, a holiday team up with uh, Kristen Kringle, the Christmas elf, uh, and uh, the Riddler, maybe we can get Ed and Stabby Babs in some capacity. That would Mm. be a lot of fun. I, I, I also, I love the green suit. Yeah. He finally wore like an all green suit. I think he might have worn he one. He wore one once. Out, it, was the, it was the um, the one where he tra- traps Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people in the chat room, Bill Meeks, no. Uh, Peachy Nancy, God, no. Shabby um, Bab says nerds can be cute sometimes. That's true, but y'all don't work together. No. Yeah, and uh, Peachy Nancy also said you just spoiled Sherlock for me. I didn't spoil Sherlock for you. You would have to watch it like 16 (laughs) times. I still don't know what's going on, and I've watched it like four times. Okay, so uh, Amory, what did you want to talk about? Okay, what did I want to talk about? Oh, Jervis' slip-ups. Okay, so that I I love that he acts all big and bad in his newspaper top hat, but as soon as he starts getting into the rhymes and sees that it's driving Jim Jim crazy, he completely gives it away and yells for the guard. He's like, take me to my cell! (laughs) get me out of here take me to my cell like we sort of already touched on this but i was like did the court actually put jervis up to infecting mario because i kind of they had to how how else do they know about alice's blood and what it does to people Mm -hmm. that's the i mean unless they're working with barnes too because that could be interesting oh not the crowbar yeah jerome Uh, says in the chat room uh bill meeks just wait i found i just found a crowbar he's been threatening me with a crowbar for for like a month yeah um, let's see. What was it? But how did they know about him and Alice's blood? Was it from Strange? What What did Jervis get in exchange for infecting Mario? But like you had said, he might have just been doing it to hurt Jim. Yeah. So I can see that, but I, I think we could go either way with this. I did love the revelation, though, that the Mad Hatter's weakness, his kryptonite, is rhyming. Yeah. Which means I could face off against the Mad Hatter as and win. As long as you have your website. Yeah, since, <laughs> since, since I write the uh, riddling rhyming summaries of I just read them. I use the website is a crutch i don't use it as a i don't need to use the website rhymezone.com by the way is what what i use for quick reference rhymes uh to get ideas and stuff but uh yeah i i I love that in the gym to be fair jervis was right jim was coming back with really lame rhymes they were awful (laughs) they were awful i i did i did love his newspaper hat though that was was so so great Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, Peachy Nancy over in the chat room says, I love that, uh, that the, this is the camp that I love love about Gotham where Jim starts using rhymes to get info out of him. So agreeing as well that that was probably the best part about that scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, I, you know, when I was talking about the potential agents of chaos this week, mm-hmm. I didn't mention the Mad Hatter in particular because I was pretty sure he was going to be involved. Right. And I, I, I was right, but I, I don't think he stepped off the stage entirely yet no like no, uh, he's not gone yet yeah i, I think uh when we least expect it he's gonna pop back out onto the stage like yes. i don't know uh considering uh you know who might be coming back uh in january who, who could be coming back uh, you, you know maybe they'll bu- bust him out of arkham asylum but uh amory i think we need to talk about who might be coming back but first we need to look, look. 
Look at this joker. He's over here. Look at this joker. 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 This is the segment where we talk about all of the hints, riddles, um, you know, references, and outright appearances of the Joker on Gotham. We've been doing this since episode one. Episode one, season one, with uh, the awkward comedian at Fish Mooney's Club. And we keep on going, keep on going. Obviously, Just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Um, there's j- For some reason, we put uh, Ben McKenzie and a Gordon mustache in here. It was Halloween the first yeah. year. And then our hopes were crushed when... Jerome died at the hand of Theo Gallivan, and we were wah, like, wah, wah. well, I guess we're just going to keep the segment going for no reason. We kept seeing a lot of Joker graffiti around town, and uh, then more and more happened, and more and more happened, and then at and the end of last night's episode, they this played happens. this trailer, and we'll just play a little bit of it, but I don't know who we'll see in it. Who could it be now? This January. Do, do, do. There's a guy he in a white coat return. up in front of a crowd, My, and it's uh, Jerome. Uh, Jerome. Well, Jerome's coming back. I I'd assume. That, I wonder if we'll get Jerry back. Can we please get Jerry back? Well, word on the street is there's going to be a uh, a sort of cult following Jerome around. So oh, I would imagine God. Jerry would probably be involved in that. So yeah. that was very exciting to see. We've been kind of been theorizing that that was going to happen all season. Right. I Probably for about a year. Yeah. But uh, it's good to see it's finally happening. And, uh, you know, it's also Cameron Mongahan right after they aired that uh, tweeted out some pictures of, uh, you know, Himself. the makeup he was doing for it and everything. So very, very excited about that. Can't wait. One of the best parts of Gotham ever. And Jerome in the chat room says, I'm back. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, you are, Jerome. And uh, we're scared of you. Weird. Even more scared than we were before. I know. Now he's got a cohort. He does. Uh, Stabby, in Stabby, <laughs> Stabby Babs. Babs is all in here. Do you think uh, Stabby Babs and Jerome are the same person? They could be. In the chat room. It could be. Somebody's on the computer. Somebody's on the phone. I got you. Possible. Possible. Okay. We're going to get back to the main discussion in just a second. But first, we wanted wanted to tell you about our Patreon. You can get to this over at patreon.com slash universe box. And it's just a nice way to kind of support our show. Help pay us back for uh, help pay us back. Help pay the Internet bill. You know, a little bit of everything. All the hours we put into giving you this great, great content and fighting off Jerome when he attacks. It's really easy. You just go over there. You make a a monthly donation. Anything is anything as small as a dollar. All the way up to twenty five or fifty or a hundred, if you want to, but you don't Ooh, have to do that. hundred dollar. The most prescient uh, price point, though, is five dollars. If you donate five dollars a month, even if it's only for one month, you become a member of the five dollar star patrons club. For that not, month, not only does that mean we have Hugo Strange revive you from the dead and walk around Gotham for six months before appearing on a very special episode of Gotham. <gasps> on a very special episode of Gotham, but we'll also read your name out on every episode of every podcast we do ever for that month. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people who are getting their own special episode of Gotham this month are Becca Balka, Angel, Holly Mac 79 Monica Jones, Other Anne Marie, Sage of Earth, a.k.a. Patty, Harry Seidler, Timothy Peters, Robert Cattler, Hope Mullinex, Karen Horlatcher, Horlatcher, sorry, Jessica Gonzalez, Jacob Newman, and Koss uh, Commotion. You guys are all awesome. Um, if we ever have a, a a baby podcast, we'll name that podcast after the five dollar star patrons club. Plus, you get your own episode of Gotham, which is baby, pretty awesome baby too. Five dollar patrons club. Aww. If, if you want to join the the five dollar star patrons club, or just you know kick us a couple shekels to help help keep the, the lights on, go over to patreon.com slash universe box and to remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Okay, uh, before we get back into the main main discussion, main, main, main. Uh, we we've heard. For we haven't heard from this guy in a while. It's been most of the season, actually. But we got so a very, we yelled at him. We got a very was... special message from Holy Bat Pastor, Holy Bat Pastor, aka Sark, also uh, the host of what? What is it? The DC Movies Podcast. I don't know. I'd have to look. Hold on. Which is one of our sister podcasts on the DC TV Podcast Network. But uh, take it away, Holy Bat Pastor. 
Legends of Gotham. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Holy bat pastor, you're not going to believe where I am. I am stuck in traffic. I had envisioned myself being in the comfort of my tiny apartment, being able to connect with you tonight, and it looks like it's not going to happen. So we're just going to have to be creative and call from good old I-285. I know that is a terrible uh, (laughs) crap hole of a highway that the two of you are familiar with, and I'm sure you do not miss it. So let's get down to business. Last night's episode, as my new girlfriend likes to say, OM. Gee, um, oh, let's look start who has a girlfriend. What I think was the craziest bit of excitement, which didn't have anything to do with the episode itself. The reveal after the conclusion of the ep, where we see where we're going in January. This is a moment that we've dreamed of, that we've longed for, and it looks like our buddy Jerome will be back. Can you believe it? I am so excited for this. So, um, I do hope all of the, uh, all of the, the ones who just lacked the courage and when he was killed all said, I'm done with the show. I just am going to step up on it. I hope that this is the moment that will bring them back with their tails stuck between their legs and that they'll learn that they just have to trust the process. God, get over yourselves. But this is going to be exciting. I cannot wait. So that was crazy excitement. And I'm sure the internet blew up as a result. Next, let me start with what I think was the, um, just the most heart wrenching moment. All of the drama surrounding Jim Gordon and his love is now unrequited love for Lee Tompkins. Oh my God. This was a heartbreaker. Um, the setup. Brilliant writing, I think, um, to to turn Mario from this very conservative, upstanding individual into a lunatic and raving maniac um, who is driven by his jealousy of Jim Gordon. And how um, how touching to see the look on his face when he finally gives Lee everything that she probably wanted all along, and she's not in a position to receive it, doesn't want to hear it, and she in turn begins to hate him for it. Um, just devastating and. That combined with the uh, the intensity of the scene, um, the acting performances, the music. I mean, I felt like my heart had been ripped out and someone was going to stomp that sucker flat. Um, <laughs> just tremendous job on the part of everyone involved. And I'm going to end this voicemail by making a note about something. I enjoyed tremendously the scene between Jervis Tetch and Jim Gordon and the way Jim Gordon was able to um, learn how to manipulate more information out of Jervis Tetch by employing his uh, unusual tendency to rhyme things. Oh, you can tell I am really a big mouth, and I apologize. So let me <laughs> let me wrap this thing up. I just wanted to make a statement. I know that some of our dear colleagues and friends, and I'm referring specifically uh, to Wynn and Bobby, don't really care for Jervis Tetch, I don't think. And I hope I'm not putting words in their mouth. But no, I not. do want to point out, this is the kind of thing that I love about the development of this character. Um, and I hope that they'll give him a second chance. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the scene with, uh, with Jim Gordon and, uh, and with Jervis Tetch. I love it too because, uh, it's giving a chance for us to see the character fleshed out and, uh, a chance to flex the muscles of the character. And, and I think it's important to remember this. This is having a lasting impact on the legacy of the Batman mythology in ways that we really can't even fathom right now. I'm surrounded by coworkers who are fans of the show, and when they found out that I, of course, followed the show closely, um, they look forward every Tuesday morning, and they'll they call me Batman because I seem to always have Batman gear on. So they say, "Batman, did you see Gotham last night?" And they want me to weigh in, and I always enjoy the dialogue that was that uh, flows out of those conversations. And here's what's interesting: none of them are Batman fans. None. Nice. Of them. They don't read comic books. But what they're doing is they're attracted to the drama, kind of the soap operatic drama of Gotham, and they're learning names, and they ask me questions. And I know that they're not alone in the world. People are being exposed to nuances of the Batman mythology that we could have never dreamed before the show came about. So thank you, Gotham. Thank you, Legends of Gotham, for your incredible influence, Um, not only – everywhere but in my life i appreciate you two so much and i'm trying to catch up on all the episodes i've missed out on recently downloaded recent episodes and listen to them all thanksgiving weekend i love you guys i'm gonna let you go and i look forward to talking to you soon i hope um take care gothamite see you later this is holy bat pastor i'm out of here Thank you very much, Holy Bat Thank Pastor. Thank you, Holy Bat Pastor. And yes, I am that mm. person because I don't read comics. Yeah. And also, when and Bobby in the chat room, I think uh, Holy Bat Pastor said you have to say uh, 50 Hail Jarvises. 
or Jervis's. So uh, get on that. No, Jarvis was uh, Alfred's uncle, yeah. I think, or something back Not in the day. Not Jarvis, Jervis. Uh, yeah, and uh, Peachy Nancy says, uh, he is talking about people like me. I was never really around or introduced to comment, comics. So Me neither. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah, but there's a lot of hashtag maniacs over there in the chat room some, there. So there is some maniacs. Why don't we get back into our main discussion, Anne-Marie? That might okay. be a good idea. Okay, what do you want to talk about? I just had a couple little points about the hoo-hoo heist. Uh, you know, the big... Uh-hoo, uh-hoo. Hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo, heist. That's a little better. Who heist? Who heist? Um, But, uh, you know, the whole big thing that Bruce and Selena and Alfred went out on. I thought it was odd that they uh, took on the took on the owls head on uh, without at least trying to conceal their identities for one. Like if there was ever an occasion for Bruce and Selena to don their first mask, I, this yeah, was it. I mean, it. I, I know in some ways the game was already kind of up. But you'd think, you know, going into their actual abode, the Court of Owls mm-hmm. place, they would have at least tried to mask their identity somewhat to give them some sort of plausible deniability, yeah. even if the Whispers had already give the, given them up to some degree. Right. Uh, also, holding that rope must have taken tremendous upper body strength. Oh, my gosh. Right? I, I feel like tying the rope to something might have been the safer choice. But But how would they know if there was something to tie it to? Very true. They'd have Very had to true. carry it in and, you know, less is more. So instead they just had Bruce Wayne do 4,000 push-ups beforehand. Right? So, right? <laughs> yeah, he, like, w- he was channeling uh, Batfleck. I would imagine even like a, a built adult man would have a hard time holding that rope for that long. But he was holding his girlfriend up. so he I'll found- never let you go, Selena. I'll, I'll never, never let, let you go. go. Uh, also, uh, was the Talon armored or was he just really good at dodging bullets? Because um, Alfred straight up shot at him a bunch. I'm going to have to say he's he was just like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, and he like doesn't flinch. The Talon, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, he's dead now. I, the biggest thing uh, that, that I took away from it, though, was it was interesting that Selena, while Selena often acts selfishly, it, she rejoined Team Wayne uh, despite that. Once Alfred explained that Bruce had sacrificed his mission for her safety, yeah. his big overarching, I, 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 need to make, I need to make sure Bruce grows up so he becomes the man he's supposed to be mission. Yeah. He gave that up to protect Selena. And uh, I, I, so I thought it was really sweet that she came back to help out and even gave him a little kiss just in case. Mm-hmm. I, it was also nice to see Alfred and Selena getting along for once. But were they? I mean, he didn't punch her in the face this time. He didn't punch her in the face, but he's still definitely not a fan. Yeah. And he very begrudgingly let her go on the mission instead mm-hmm. of him. But how else was it going to work? You had to have him go pass out so that the dudes came down and take them out. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, it P- always should have been three. Peachy Nancy over in the chat room says, I thought they had realized that they knew who they were, and I also think that Bruce thinks they will take them down, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Uh, uh, and then Shame 2 says, B. Condova fits because she is a great athlete. I, I don't think That I've was ever... like the most awkward reading of her name. You could have just said Cameron. I also I don't think I've ever actually tried to say her last name before. And uh, then Peachy Nancy says, are we really believing that he could hold that? No, but it's comics. He's Batman, you know, or or will be. So, but you wanted to talk about the mysterious lady who shows up after the who heist. That lady who through the window looked like the penguin from that Batman movie, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Bill didn't exactly predict this agent of chaos. And mm-hmm. was she really chaos? She absolutely throws a wrench into the plans, though, but she helps. She's really the one who takes down the talent. Like, between yeah. it really took four of them, which is crazy that it was like four on one. Um, did Selena know it was her or that her mom is an assassin, I think, or at least has them skills because she's a runaway. How much does she know? Like, what was their relationship like? I need a <laughs> flashback. Can I get a story? A real one, not just a Selena whining story. Um, or does she work for the court? Or is she part of the Whisper Gang? Or is she a free agent like Zaz? Well, well I definitely don't think she works bit. for the court, considering she was kind of responsible for the Talon getting killed. You know, She was responsible for the Talon getting killed to protect her daughter. Yeah, But her daughter true. now has the owl. So mm-hmm. technically, she could be protecting the owl for the court. That's true. And that would have given her a good reason to have parted away. Like, we don't know how they 
whether Cameron ran away, whether Cameron ran away, whether Selena mm-hmm. ran away or she was a- abandoned. Like yeah. we don't know that part of the story for Shorzy's. So she could have abandoned her daughter because she was part of the court. Yeah. So- and that kind of leads into my point here about Selena's mom um, too. I thought it was weird that Selena recognized her because in everything Selena's ever said about her, I got the impression they parted ways a long time ago. I didn't think that Selena was even old enough to remember her. No, really. I think she, I think Selena was probably around like 10, 12. I, I you think, think you think it was not I, that far in the past then. Right. I think when we meet her three years ago, I think that it was only like a couple years of her being on the street. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, can, can a kid under 10 really survive in Gotham on the street? Yeah. I really question these things. Oh, it is Gotham. <laughs> Gotham. Um, but I, I really enjoyed how Selena's mom was dressed like Lamont Cranston, a.k.a. The Shadow, uh, uh, when you see her on the rooftop across the mm-hmm. way when they're breaking in and everything. Very pulpy, very... And I mean, that's kind of a big part of the, the world that Batman came out of originally, you know. So so I, I was really glad to see that little reference there. And I think the balloon man dressed up kind of like the shadow, too, back in the day. So, But, you know, and they're talking about this in the chat room already, but I'm calling it. Selena's mom and Alfred are going to be a thing. The the kid's <laughs> chippy name is Batcat. So I nominate Buttcat for the parental figures for their shipping name. So it'll be Batcat and Buttcat. And it, it'll be a shipping paradise in I- because I have nothing. Because Alfred is not Bruce's legal or biological parent, mm-hmm. it's not going to be some sort of weird. Oh, uh, you're dating your stepsister, sort of thing. Oh, Butt Cat can exist completely separately from Bat Cat. Oh and my it, God, can we stop a, saying Butt? They cat. can go on a double date. Bat Butt Cat. Stop. Bat Butt Cat Cat. Bat Butt Cat Cat. No more Butt Cat. Bat Butt Cat Cat. So, um, <laughs> this glass owl figure that they've stolen that can destroy the court of owls. How is there something inside of it? Sort of like how the key was hidden in, in the necklace. Um, and really is the best way to protect something by putting it in a giant owl and locking it behind a door. Like, I get that there was this alarmed floor, but it still seemed like really weak protection because there was only two guards mm-hmm. at the front door. There was no one wandering in the house. Like the Talon was only there because he was probably following them and knew their plan all along. Yeah. Like. This is not a smart plan by the court. Unless I, I don't know. Thank you, people telling him. Yeah, no. Peachy Nancy says, "Stop saying butt cat because my hubs is looking at me like I'm crazy." <laughs> and then Caster says, "No, Bill, just no, no." And what what are you laughing at? No, 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 butt cat. Butt cat. That butt cat cat. But, but no. Okay. So, oh, and Peachy Nancy is maybe like Indiana Jones with the crystal skulls. Maybe, but mm. I still think it's really weird that whatever, like, we thought it was going to be a document, which I still am trying to figure out yeah. how, like, this one thing can take down the Court of Owls. Well, when it, they're so connected. It did look sort of crystalline uh, d- yes. to my eye. And I, I mean, if you're a Superman fan, you know that Superman, oh. uh, in some versions of the story, uh, the knowledge, like Kryptonian information, is embedded in crystals, so they can be used sort of as an information storage uh, medium. So I'm thinking maybe that's it. Maybe there's like a list of names of the Court of Owls or something like that. Okay, see that I like embedded uh, digitally. Or even etched uh, into the 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 owl itself. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Because I maybe. I don't think you know. I mean, the Talon did look kind of shaken after he got hit with it, but I don't think it's like, oh, this is their kryptonite. I think it's more this is their crystal from Jor-El uh, <laughs> sort of thing that can may- maybe uh, – in like we theorized last week too that it's information. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this might contain the information and it's going to be up to Bruce and probably Lucius uh, to c- decode it. I hope it. so. Uh, as we as we move forward, uh, Cost Commotion says perhaps it's a trap set by the Court of Owls, mm. and uh, Caster says I can totally see the owl beca- being some kind of map that leads them to the Ark of the Covenant. Or, oops, wrong Watch universe first. again. Okay, so Get out of that one. Come to Gotham. Yeah, come to Bat Buck Cat Cat. No, uh, isn't it funny <laughs> how anybody Butch hangs out around ends up setting their sights on controlling Gotham? I, I mean, yet again, he proves himself the best henchman ever. Uh, something about that dude just brings out the best in the bad, 
You know, because yeah. I, I mean, it seems whoever he gravitates towards starts building their kingdom and taking over Gotham. I mean, he f- he started with Fish Mooney. He started with Fish Mooney and, uh, you know, she almost took over Gotham. She was so close. And then he gravitated over to Penguin, who took over Gotham. And now he's with Babs and she's about to take over Gotham, too. So best henchman nice. ever. Um, I like P.T. Nancy says, Gotham technology where we use flip phones, but we have digital information on crystal owls. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. any of that makes any sense. And Bobby says, shine a light through the outer project and map onto the wall. See that? That I like a lot better. That That's very Or maybe you shine too. it through and you see the list. And Jerome says, I will burn you. <laughs> and, and Jerome's throwing crowbars down people's throats and burning us. So. Oh, and I, yeah, I guess everyone's uh, crowbars for everyone everyone's getting crowbars too. because of Bat Buck Cat Cat. Crowbars uh, for Christmas, everyone. But yeah, <laughs> they, that's that's my big point about Butch. Uh, but right. you want to wrap up here? Sure. Okay. Talking about the wedding. The wedding. So while weddings in Gotham are never normal, this one was just a bit confusing for a few reasons. Um, where were Lee's parents? Let's start with who gets married without their parents, if humanly possible. Um, Falcone walks her down the aisle and then stares, stands where her bridesmaids should. There were mm-hmm. no other bridesmaids. There were no other groomsmen, <laughs> which is even weirder because three minutes earlier, there were bridesmaids. Uh, I don't know what they were wearing because there were hideous hats and black dresses, but they were there. And then they just... Falcone's sneaky, though. Like, uh, Falcone. Yeah, when it, when it, <laughs> he, he just came out of nowhere uh, in, the, there. W- in that room with Lee and Gordon. And he was, was just like, hey, Carmine, why was Jim confessing all this with Carmine standing right there? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, wouldn't Lee have invited other members of the GCPD to her wedding, even if she was on the outs with Jim? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Lucius maybe, because he seems sane still and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but overall, a pretty good episode and everything. One thing before we get to the arbitrary scale, the news, the feedback, all that. I just there is so to... much feedback, y'all. Uh, well, Jerome also says in the chat room, uh, say, but, bat, butt, cat, bat, bat, butt. butt, bat, cat, cat. No, it's bat, butt, cat, cat. And I assure you, you will be burned, slit throat, and beat with the crowbar. Glorious. Bring it, thing. Jerome. Oh. Just bring it, bat, butt, cat, cat. Uh, <laughs> No, but we just wanted to mention that we do want to do a listener roundtable sometime during the break. So email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. If you have a webcam or a smartphone, they can do uh, Google Hangouts, which if you Mm -hmm. have any modern device, it should be able to. Because we'd love to actually talk to some of you, except for you, Jerome. Yeah. But you can if you want. No. Email us, (laughs) legendsofgotham at gmail.com. We just wanted to mention that. But now time for the arbitrary scale. Okay, Anne-Marie. Out of 427 squished heads, how many squished heads do you give this episode? 425. 425. Which is really, really good for me. Why? Because it was awesome. It was really good, and it probably would have been 427 if we wouldn't have gotten the preview that Jerome's coming back in January. (laughs) Yeah, because that just made the whole episode pale in comparison. It really did. I was like, oh, well, that's happening. And that was a pun. Uh, Yeah. Um, I do, and I kind of think that his return is going to have uh, Strange and Fish also, mm-hmm. because you know Strange is the one who reanimates people. Yeah, and Fish was the one who had all the reanimated people. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I could see that happening. Uh, so yeah, four twenty-five. Good things. Yeah, and over in the chat room, you guys can weigh in too. Yes, I, as for me, I am going to give it four hundred and twelve. Squished oh, heads. Okay. Plus a, a, a squished eyeball, uh, just to round it out. Mm. Um, just because, uh, you know, I expected things, like we said before, to coalesce a bit more in this episode. And I was a little disappointed they didn't. But overall, I still found it very enjoyable. And if nothing else, that last 30 seconds with the trailer mm. just completely sold me on everything. Uh, let's see, over in the chat room. Uh, Shame two says uh, four hundred and twenty five and a half squished heads. Bobby says three hundred and fifty squished heads. Wynn says three hundred and ninety nine squished heads. Jerome says four hundred and twenty nine, uh, four hundred and twenty seven plus the host head. So our heads, our heads, uh, especially Bilp Meeks. Uh, I don't know who Bilp Meeks. Is. I don't know who Bilp Meeks is. And Costco. <laughs> 
Cost Commotion says uh, 400 uh, squished heads. So, uh, Jerome, I just say to you, uh, that's what cat cat. Uh, Jim Joe says uh, 415 squish heads, and Peachy Nancy says 427 squish heads. The heartfelt scenes slash heartbreak scenes were very well done, mm-hmm. and I'm big on the relationship between Alfred, Bruce, Selena. That's what cat cat. Okay, so uh, now, I guess... Uh- on to the news. News. Since we already did the trailer, we just have the ratings. Gotham was steady at 1.1, so not up, not down. More viewers just than steady. the Supergirl. Just more viewers than more, the Supergirl. More, more people. Crossover. The crossover. With that- the last 30 seconds uh, where the Flash shows up. Um, yeah. Not throwing shade, but throwing shade. Uh, Castor also gives the episode 427 squish heads and a bit of brain seeping out of the ear. Ew. And Jordan gives it 425. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Arbitrary scales aren't the only way we let people know what the listeners think. We also accept feedback. Lots and lots of feedback. As always, you can email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And uh, first up is actually, uh, we we didn't uh, get a chance to play this last week because it came during our recording. Ah. So, uh, you know, it's really hard once we start recording and we see a voicemail come over it's really hard to get it folded in but uh we we got chris in this week so take it away chris this is Cliff from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, loved this episode time bomb thought it was great uh loved ed cutting off uh tabitha's hand um but she gets to keep it probably and um love to see what's happened to mario i wonder if he got the same blood thing as captain barn looks kind of similar super strength and everything uh, I really love the lines in this one. There was a lot of them, but specifically like Olga cleaning up the stains really good. And also uh, um, oh, Ed God. being called the psychotic beanpole <laughs> by uh, Butch. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't die. And, and uh, I'm sure Ed's on the run from Tabitha and Butch now because they'll kill him if they catch him. And uh, I hope the season just keeps getting better. It's just I thought it was the best episode of the season. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Bye. And thank you very much. Sorry it took us a week to get to your yeah, voicemail. Sorry. That happens sometimes. But you want to read the first uh, letter here, Emery? All right. This one's from Shalane, um, a.k.a. Casa Commotion. Uh, here is my theory. Fish sees Nigma turned against Oswald. She also sees how Stabby Babs is vying for a spot to run Gotham. Fish will come back to protect her son. Remember the scene where he asked her why she didn't kill him and set Babs straight. Very, very interesting mm-hmm. theory. And I like that. And I, I think a couple other people jumped in over on the Facebook group. Oh, I didn't see the rest of the. Yeah. Just, uh, saying uh, that they, they like that idea uh, uh, over. I, I believe it was on YouTube. Commander Spiders yes. uh, commented owls regularly because we were talking about the natural predators of the owls and the bats and the things. Yeah. Uh, it says owls regularly uh, kill bats and hawks do, too. I can't mm-hmm. Wait to see Jerome return. LOL. LOL. Uh, which he would. Jerome would, LOL. Jerome would, LOL. Okay, Jason Wiley says, hey, Bill and Amory. Hi. What a crazy uh, mid-season finale and roll on the return of Jerome. It's about time. Roll. I was wondering what your thoughts are on the young kid actors on Gotham. I've been amazed at how well they act on screen and how well they portray so many complex emotions from such a young age. I really hope that they don't get ruined by Hollywood. We've all seen young talent wasted and succumb to the salacious trappings of show business. I think the child actors are relatively grounded in reality, and I'm sure that they will go down a positive path and be successful in adult life, as I'd love to see them show their ranges in genres of entertainment. Just thought it might be an interesting topic to bring up on the show. Uh, thanks, Jason. We agree. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, really out of any show I watch, I think Gotham has the most talented kid performers. Absolutely. Particularly David. David, David yes. Well, I forget what I was watching that he was on something like Two or three years before Gotham, and I was like, "What is? What is? Oh, David!" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gone. No, you're there. My headphones died. <laughs> but go, go ahead. Just I'm keep trying talking. to think of what it was. Um, what was I even saying? Oh, that it was just David, and it still was very surprising as to how good he was. Mm. Oh yeah, very talented cast. Okay, and next up we have a. Uh, a letter from Cobble Potteries, who also sent us this wonderful awesome little picture. cartoon. Uh, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But it has a- Ed saying, I meant business partners, dot, dot, dot. Whoops. And uh, Penguin saying, yes, of course, please excuse me. And he's puking into a fancy puke bucket. 
Uh, so, so it's really I, I love Cobble Pottery's little sketches. I, they're I, awesome. I think love them every I week. think uh, they they're done in MS Paint even. Uh, but oh. yeah, follow I Cobble Pottery's on Twitter. Lots mm-hmm. of good stuff over there. And it says, uh, "Hey guys, it's Nico, aka Cobble Pottery's. Hope you're doing well. I'd be in chat with you guys, listening to you live, but life calls. So here I am trying life. to sort my thoughts while head still reeling." What nap? Uh, God, we have to wait until January for more? That's cruel and unusual punishment that makes Ed's electroshock sessions and hand guillotine antics look like a pleasant Mario Party minigame. I think I'll just list some of my thoughts in bullet point form to keep things a little tidier. First of all, Jervis's hat was quite spiffy. I loved it. Well, he's got to do something while he's in there, right? Next up, good God, uh, was that scene where Ed teases a confession out of Oz painful? Indeed, you can really pinpoint the exact moment when Oswald's achy, breaky heart rips in half. It's an effed up thing to say, uh, but in a way, I was kind of hoping Ed has a- had actually knifed Oswald, if only for the tension to finally break. Uh, but Ed, the very ca- calculating, methodical guy, reminding Oz that he is his best friend and is an excellent setup for twisting the figurative knife uh, when he does punch it into Oz somewhere down the line. I did not expect Gordon's final talk with Lee to hit me in the gut like it did. Mm -hmm. Very powerful performances on both ends. Yes, Jim, get help. Uh, Great Mission Impossible vibes from Selena's tightrope walk. Also, Alfred sure messed up that Talon good. Uh, Love that... I uh, love that group effort at taking Talon down. And hey, cool, Selena's mom. Can't wait to see see what her presence uh, or where her presence will take things. I want to destroy everything he loves. Oh, Ed, uh, that that'd mean starting with himself, but that wouldn't be very smart. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, really, all it takes to destroy Oswald these days is for Ed to cut off all contact. Uh, go cold fish, kind of. Uh, after a week, he'd come uh, back to the manor to find Oswald in a cold sweat on the floor, curled up in a fetal position. Probably. Surrounded by wine stains and scattered paperwork, or maybe puking into a fancy puke bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I love how within mi- minutes of Jim telling Falcone he won't kill his son, then it all but cuts to Mario being shot. Maybe Mario's not dead. I haven't rewatched the app to see where the shot landed, but what a mess. Wars it was, it was the chest. Wars everywhere in Gotham. I, I do still have kind of a theory that maybe Mario might end up being Solomon Grundy though. Oh, oh, we're gonna keep, we're gonna bring that one back now. <clears throat> well, since uh, Barnes isn't gonna be Solomon Grundy, since uh-huh. he's the executioner right. and he's still alive, That's maybe true. Mario could come back as Solomon Grundy. That could be. Cool. I mean, he has kind of the the head for it. <laughs> Uh, Cobble Potteries goes on, can't help but feel that Ed might have it uh, in his head to play Babs, Butch, Tabs in some way. I'm assuming against each other. Probably. I have no idea, but that alliance might not work out so smoothly. No, not at all. Anyway, all in all, there was so much stuff stuff hitting the fan in this episode in the best way possible. What's our rating system this time? I give this episode 80 shattered pieces of Oswald's heart out of 83. Yeah, that works. Thank you for the podcast and happy holidays to you guys and everyone in chat. Yes, even you, Jerome. Even you. Thank you, Cobble Pottery. It's very much appreciated. And uh, last but not least, we have one from Carlos, right? Yes. All right. It's from Carlos. Hi, Bill and Anne. This is Carlos. And like the past few episodes, I really enjoyed this one. It let a lot of doors open for what we can expect when we return in January. I didn't like Barbara in the first season, but since then, she has grown as a character, very much so. And this is some of her best work yet. I like where they are taking her as a character. Bruce and Selena are absolutely adorable. They are completely in sync with one another. And whether Selena likes it or not, she and Bruce are an item. Hashtag <laughs> Batcat. Um, well, you don't make out with someone if you don't think you're an item. There was no making out. They kissed. There's a difference. That's what I call making out. I came from a very closed up brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, not much to say regarding Alfred other than the fact that he is awesome and a complete badass. A quick question. Do you think Selena's mom is there to reconcile with her daughter or do you think she has a different agenda? Different agenda? Uh, Gordon, what can I Hashtag say? Hashtag team different agenda. Hashtag <laughs> team different agenda. That seems wrong. Um, what can I say about dear old Jim? On the one hand, he is commendable that he is doing this to protect the woman he loves, but he has the worst and crappy timing in, of finally confessing to Lee how he felt and if 
it wasn't enough. You had to kill Mario after promising Falcone <laughs> that his son would be alive. He basically gave Falcone the middle finger, which why on earth would you attempt to do that to Falcone? More in particular, Don Falcone. Uh, blasting his son in the chest instead of the legs like he did to Falcone's men. And what's worse is that he only had evidence to prove that Mario was attacking Lee has literally been washed away. To which it now looks like Jim killed Mario out of an obsessed jealousy because he couldn't be with her. I'm glad that he didn't have the homophobic, wait, go with the homophobic route with Oh, Penguin Nigma, um, Nigma Pot. Um, I liked that it felt more like I don't mind it, but I don't like you in that way. Not so much. Eh, it's gross. Um, it's gross. I don't swing the way. And I don't want a homo near me in the way of scenario to which I appreciated. One more thing I forgot to mention was the one of my favorite scenes was the rhyming battle between Jim and Hatter. Yes. Um, I love that Jervis can't help himself when it comes to rhymes because it's essentially part of his character. And I love his paper mache hat. I want one. Again, I apologize for the long email. But since this is the midseason finale, I wanted to get my thoughts on the matter. Absolutely. Thank you for being such great and interesting entertainers to watch. And in case I don't catch any of your other streams, an early Merry Christmas to you and the people in chat. I will see you next year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Join our gift exchange and you can celebrate Christmas yeah. with us. Win over in the chat room says Gotham writers must hate newlyweds. First the two on the roof and now Lee and Mario. It's very true. Uh, but, you know, that about wraps it up for our discussion uh, for for this episode. We will be back in January along with Gotham. We're, we're, I think we're going to try and fit in a couple. We have mm. some, some machinations for some episodes between now and then. There will be things. I interview with a... With a documentarian, I think. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. With a uh, cost commotion, maybe. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a listener roundtable. Yeah. And we might have a giveaway going on, too. Uh, we, I oh, that's right. There is a possibility of a giveaway. Coming. Yeah, we might be giving away some Gotham swag, swag. Uh, in the very near future. So stay tuned to that, uh, both on the stream, on the show here. And if you want to follow us over on Twitter, at Legends of Gotham, that's the best place to keep abreast of things. We'll be there. Uh, you can also email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group, where we chat with you like like we're people, mm -hmm. at facebook.com slash groups slash Legends of Gotham. The voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, Anne-Marie, where can people follow you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMD Simone. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com. And we're actually, we're actually be doing that in half an hour. If you're watching this live, please live. stick around in the chat room for about half an hour and join us for the Universe Box podcast where we talk all sorts of pop culture news. We're talking Nintendo at Universal Studios and a reviewing fun. Fantastic Beast and where to find them. Bunch of other cool stuff. Live.universebox.com. Hope to see you there. Uh, so I guess about that. About, about, about that. About, about that does it. That about does it for yeah. this episode of Legends of God. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you, uh, if not later on this year, uh, very soon, uh, early next year. Uh, so join us next time for more Legends of Gotham. doing this wrong of course i am because i have the time to do it wrong right now okay. testing one two three mr popper's penguins close enough yep something happened that's all that matters yep. right and we're a minute late let's do this well i already told the chat room cool 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 cool, cool i'm glad cool, you've cool. admitted our failures let's go okay i'm gonna hit yeah the hit buttons. the buttons bat butt cat cat <laughs>